Welcome to the Dinner Party Download. This is your icebreaker. I've got a joke for you. So I walked into a bookstore and I said to the woman behind the counter, where's the self-help section? And she said, well, if I tell you that, it's going to defeat the purpose. I'm Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And from APM American Public Media, this is the Dinner Party Download, the show that helps you win your next dinner party. Our icebreaker this week came from author T.C. Boyle. His latest book is called When the Killing's Done. And coming up, actress Vera Farmiga. We can hear you now. Who drew first spam, Dutch vittles, and county line? But first, time for small talk. All week long, you've been hearing this. Barry Bonds has been convicted of obstruction of justice. Egypt's chief prosecutor has ordered former President Hosni Mubarak to be detained. We cannot afford $1 trillion worth of tax cuts for every millionaire and billionaire in our society. Now for something you haven't heard, we turn to Richard Lawson. He is a staff writer for Gawker. Richard, what are you going to be talking about this weekend? I'm going to be talking about Paul Marcarelli, the can-you-hear-me-now guy and his sort of sad fate. The guy in the Verizon ads? Yeah, with the kind of funky Buddy Holly glasses who wa- wanders the nation. <laughs> what is his fate? Is he Is, is he, he being followed well, by thousands of people? <laughs> well, he made a ton of money, so that's the good part of it. But yeah. the, the sad part is he, he sort of seems unable to shake it. Uh, in this interview for The Atlantic, he talked about being at his grandmother's funeral, and as the coffin was being lowered into the earth, he heard a family friend whisper, can you hear me now? <laughs> oh, no. Morbidly funny if you're the family friend, but probably not if you're wow. Mr. Marcarelli. It's but, like it's like Edgar Allan Poe. It's his conscience. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, can you hear me now? You sold out your face <laughs> to Verizon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but is this is this worse than any other TV pitch, man? I mean, at least he didn't hear, was up? Right. No, I think, yeah, you exactly. Know? It's more dignified, as commercial catchphrases go. I think the really sad thing in the article was he's talked about you know his glasses that he's been wearing I guess since his 20s but now he's sort of conceded that he can no longer wear those so he wears wire rims now. Man I'm enough of a bespectacled geek that that sounds (laughs) even more traumatic than the funeral thing. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Richard Lawson thanks for the small talk. Thank you. And now time for cocktails. Once again, we tell you something that happened this week in history, then give you a fitting drink to serve along with it. It's like history's a bad Kevin Costner movie, but instead of a world covered with water, it's about a world covered with booze. <laughs> Liquor world, <laughs> call it. College. Anyway, here's the history. This week back in 1994, a husband and wife team changed the internet forever. And definitely not for the better. No. Michelle Phillippe's here with the story. Lawyers have a bad rap. And Lawrence Cantor and Martha Siegel sure didn't improve it. In the early 90s, they were immigration lawyers who liked to post in online chat groups. Users kept asking them for legal advice, which gave the duo an idea. Advertise their firm on chat groups. The problem? Back then, the first rule of online etiquette was, thou shalt not post ads. A rule Cantor and Siegel broke when they sent out a post that said for a fee, they'd help users obtain green cards. The ad went to over 5,000 chat groups, the first commercial spam in history. And as with spam today, people hated it. Cantor and Siegel's email account was flooded with hate mail. Their internet provider terminated their service. And a guy in Norway created a program specifically to destroy Cantor and Siegel spam. But the couple didn't back down. They claimed they made a hundred grand off their little ad and soon started a company to help other companies make spam. 
Cantor was later disbarred for illegal advertising practices, but the cat was out of the bag. Today, some estimate 90% of all email is spam. So that was the history. Now for the drink. I am speaking with Rich Moe. He is bar manager at Citizen Public House in Scottsdale, Arizona, where Cantor and Siegel were based. Rich, what drink does that story inspire you to make? Uh, Well, in lieu of spam emails, we're uh, actually taking a variation of an old school drink called a rusty nail. We're making a you got nail. So it's it's nail with an N. You've got nail. Yeah, you've got nail. We're serving it punch bowl style, so if the whole bowl comes to the table and everybody's kind of forced to drink it at the table, so it's our, our version of a spam email cocktail. <laughs> to really keep with the theme, you should give it to people whether they ask for it or not. Yeah, that's pretty much what we do. All right, so what's in this thing? Uh, so take a large punch bowl, uh, like you know, usually about 40 ounces or bigger. Fill that bad boy with ice, and then we're going to do about 8 ounces of white whiskey. Uh, what makes it white? Um, it's, it, there's no caramel coloring and there's no uh, oak age on it. So it's just a little bit of uh, cleaner and brighter style of whiskey. Interesting. Four ounces of Drambouille, 18 ounces of lemonade, and then one bottle of sparkling wine. And then get uh, as many people as you can and round them up around the table and give them some spam drink. It's too bad because it sounds really tasty. And, uh, you know, to keep with the theme, we're going to have to get rid of it. Ignore it. I, I understand. <laughs> So, Brendan, I did a little follow-up research. Okay. It seems Lawrence Cantor moved to the Bay Area, and as of a few years ago anyway, he was working as a software developer. Oh. I thought you were going to say he invented the subprime mortgage (laughs) and, like, founded (laughs) Al-Qaeda in the past decade or so. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, please spam us at our website, dinnerpartydownload.org, where you can also purchase Cut Rate Viagra. Our guest of honor this week is actor Vera Farmiga. Last year, she was nominated for an Academy Award for her performance in Up in the Air. And right now, no matter what sort of theater you go into, art house or cineplex, you will find her. She is in the recently released Source Code, as well as the newly released Henry's Crime. And I have to ask, was this some sort of conscious strategy to uh, diversify your celebrity by being in a big film and an indie film at the same time? I think the only conscious move on my part really is to go for inspiration. And inspiration sometimes takes the shape of a $100 million film. (laughs) Sometimes it's um, a $100,000 film. Well, you said in an interview once, I have an esoteric approach to my career. I look for enlightenment. Is that another thing that guides you? I think I, look, in this profession, you're putting a lot out there. You know, that's my psyche out there. That's my, you know, every, those are my emotions at play. That's my physical body. That's my, you know, and I want to choose accordingly. I want to make sure if I give in the capacity that I I give, that I give to something quite uh, wholesome, or at least that I I feel like I'm contributing (laughs) positively to this mess of the world that, that, that we're living in. Well, look, we have two standard questions on our show. Okay. And the first one is, what question are you tired of being asked? Who is the better kisser? Clooney, DiCaprio, uh-huh. <laughs> and now it's Reeves, and now it's Mr. Reeves. Yeah. And I think that's pretty, That's a silly question. You know, I'm not interested in knowing about those guys. <laughs> I want to know who's crazier, Jack Nicholson or James Caan, because you've been in films with both of them. Ooh, that's a close call. That's a good question, and that is a difficult one to answer because they're, on, they're, they're neck and neck. Yeah. It's a generational thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's the chutzpah of the generation and probably a lot of substance. <laughs> <laughs> so our second question is, tell us something we don't know. Um, I'm fizzling here. I'm, fi- I'm fizzling. And you know why? Because 
I'm a lactating <laughs> woman. Really? Well, that's something I didn't know. <laughs> and it does amazing hormonal shifts to your brain. You just had a baby girl, right? <laughs> I, I guess in no, last November. I did. I have a five-month-old. Yeah. And yet you've managed to make these two films. I've had in the last two and a half years, I've done five films. I've made two babies. <laughs> And directed a film. That's something James Caan and Jack Nicholson have never had the attempt. And never will. That's right. <laughs> you, you will always have that on them. So Rico, no word on whether her children are indie or big budget productions. <laughs> Remains to be seen. I, I think they're indie because then they could get a dependent spirit award. Oh. Yeah? Yeah. You like that? It's an indie film pun and a tax yeah. day pun. I'm not sure if Yo. that would be considered a charitable contribution to this conversation. I do. Folks, don't write us off. Just write us. You can do so at facebook.com slash dinner party download. So we've heard from our guest of honor. Now it's time for the main course, the part of the show where we talk about food. Yes, and Brendan, uh, a restaurant opened pretty recently in New York City. That's absolutely shocking. Yes. Really? It's a rare occurrence. God, I wonder if there's a blog about restaurants. Uh, maybe one. Yeah. Uh, the place is called Von Dock, and it's a European-style bakery and gastropub that's getting a lot of accolades for locavore versions of Danish food and Dutch food. Okay. Yes, which is surprising to me because the Netherlands as you know is my favorite country oh yeah I next to, it's right next to Pittsburgh that's true Pittsburgh is a great country I travel to the Netherlands often let us say and they've got fantastic Indonesian food I've had great Italian and African food but except for sweets and pancakes actual Dutch food not good in your opinion and actually in a lot of people's opinion as I found out when I went to Vandach and spoke to one of the partners Brendan Spiro you know one of the things that we experienced we went to Amsterdam and we went to North Holland we went to South Holland with the big question where do we get authentic Dutch cuisine it was sort of like you know a giggle and a laugh and it's like oh why don't you try the really good Italian restaurant down the street we're like that is actually not what we're looking for. You're saying even the Dutch people were like, oh, the best food is not going to be our national cuisine. Clearly. And much giggling, much laughing, and sort of, you know, a brush off. But why is it? Is there something unique to that cuisine that the American palate does not enjoy, or that even the Dutch apparently do not enjoy? I, I think a lot of the renderings of Dutch cuisine have been mostly homey fare. I don't know if it's associated with aught cuisine. I mean, these are hearty flavors from a hearty land, from a people that oftentimes hold those secret recipes very dear to their heart. Is this why I have not actually had, for instance, we're going to eat bitterballen here today. I've never had in the Netherlands bitterballen that I found actually good. Is the really good recipe just being like held secret? I'm not quite sure, but most of the places we had visited to try the authentic quote-unquote bitterballen, right, they were serving a pre-made product. What is bitterballen for those who have not tried it, which is probably most Americans? Yeah, bitterballen is essentially a meat croquette battered, fried, a bit small, and they're served with uh, a mustard relish, typically. It's like, it's sort of like a, a meat mousse sort of inside. Exactly, and that's why we make ours a little denser. Oftentimes, you'll find bitterball and has this creamy, almost glutinous <laughs> texture to it, and ours is, is definitely more meaty. Essentially, it starts off as an oxtail. We slow braised for quite some time, and then we mix it with a Gouda Mornay. I will say that the bitterball look delicious, but they always look delicious to me. So I'm now going to find out if they actually are. Here's your chance. Mmm. 
I really was actually prepared to still be like, nope, sorry, ma'am, but it's really good. Now, here's the thing. Do you get worried about being accused of, like, cultural imperialism? It's like, oh, well, that's uh, that's kind of quaint what you're doing, but we're going to show you how it's done over here in New York. Yeah, um, we're not trying to, you know, be reverse colonialist. I, I think it's more about inspiration, and that region gave us so much in terms of our own heritage and ingredients. I mean, the preservation methods, the smoking, clearly the Dutch had settled what is now New York. We really were inspired. So this is sort of your take on the ancestral food of New York City? I, I think one could say that, yeah. Brendan, I also tried an amazing dish that translates as heat lightning. Wow, I like it. It is fried potatoes, bacon, and apple topped with cayenne pepper and syrup. I could seriously eat it every day. It's amazing. How come it doesn't surprise me that a country with lax marijuana laws <laughs> would come up with that dish? I do not know. And that's the Dinner Party download for this week, folks. Yes. Special thanks to Jackson Musker, Charlton Thorpe, Jeff Peters, and Tracy Samuelson. And we leave you with One for the Road, a song to play on your way to or departing from this week's Dinner Party. It's a new track from Cass McCombs. His new album came out this week. The song is called County Line. Bon appétit.
Galliano. And I'm Brendan Francis. Hey guys, Jackson here. Urgent phone call for you. I'm just going to patch it through, okay? Well, okay. Um, go ahead. Hello? Hello, who's this? Yeah, this is Paul Marcarelli. Um, and I think it's a little insensitive that you make light of my situation on your program. Uh, we're talking I'm, about... I'm that, sorry, what? You, you guys have no idea how bad my life Paul, is. Paul, hmm? you're cutting out. Oh, oh wait a second. Okay, I'm outside. Can you hear me now? Yes! He said it. (laughs) (laughs) You heartless Neanderthal! Hey guys, Jack Nicholson is online too? Uh Uh-oh.